ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you, uh, Regina Agrips, you know, can you guess through this? For Peru, is the matter at hand? I mean, that was work. Shitty. Um, it was, um, it was a supernatural event that happened in October 1st, 1989, and there was, uh, 43 women actually gave birth to 43 women gave birth to supernatural kids with born with um, supernatural abilities and all these abilities are what we kind of see that transcendent through all the you know throughout the movie and now uh there's a particular psychopath because I, I don't know what to say because i'm going to call him psychopath there's this kind of psychopath with uh monogu i mean uh, he has this monocle that he used to use so a monocle monocular bizarre person actually like intends to like get um get seven of these kids and actually adopt them because he, he actually bought them from the mothers i mean who does that because these kids are supernatural and i don't know how you kind of even know about it then you kind of come around into the scene do you want to sell it do you like to sell it then you kind of start buying all these kids from their mother and this kid actually turned out to be supernatural being and they all stay in the umbrella academy now if you should ask me that how do umbrella academy come about we kind of realized this in season two of the movie when uh sarah groups i think those years when he first actually came to america when he came to america from england then he kind of was moving around and he saw an umbrella shop <laughs> then he saw an umbrella shop then he actually dashed into it and actually from that then he kind of buy the building after getting the building then all on the long run it becomes the academy for the kids that got adopted on 1st of october 1989 all the seven of the kids i told you the kids all have supernatural powers and it actually makes the film very pink but this man is a psychopath with monoko <laughs> i mean who wears all these things all the time i mean it's kind of very, very funny you know um even this man is kind of total punk as the way he does to the kids he actually make them realize their power or uh, it make them realize their power but actually in a very very harsh manner and the kids they don't know if to hate him or they don't know if to like him they actually want a fatherly love from him but sorry they couldn't even get what they want so he adopted the seven kids with supernatural power the themes around there kind of like about loyalty to family because their father was a total punkers but they actually still pledge their loyalty to him kind of see the timelines that exist in the world different timelines that actually exist in the world i mean as a particular world is existing here so as another particular world is existing it makes you look at the evolution the evolutionary the revolutionary stage of america when america was actually like when black um oppression was actually at its peak they actually kind of give us that kind of situations in 1963 because they actually went back in time they kind of feel the old vibe they feel the old lifestyle the reggae's and the kind of music they play around those years and it's kind of very cool because me myself i actually like it um it kind of it's kind of historical in nature you kind of look at it from power based um power based um for a power based power based series kind of because Sarajanagis is power driven also, like it's very, very power driven. I mean, using all this kid manipulation also is part of Sarajanagis thing. So all like this thing, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and number seven. Actually, we got to realize that number six died, um, I think, they actually went to carry out an operation because they are now super in America that lots of persons even stand in their door to actually heal them whenever they come back from, uh, you know, 
saving people because it's like a superhero movie too. No, not totally superhero movie, but they actually like sad regional groups who happens to be their father actually make them save people. I mean, he, he believes he's bringing a new thing to America actually. But that was actually what the story is actually structured about. That was what Ger- Gerald Wade, the writer, Gerald Wade, the writer of the uh, the novel and the writer of the totality of the story that we're talking about. And that was we structured it to make original groups like um, because the same as God, to make him look like as if he was actually it was not really helping America per se, but he was using the kids to to actually uh, should I say uh, up his own game because it's our original groups. Um, I think in a particular part leading to the end of season two, when he was talking to them, he kind of made them feel that. They were even the one that caused the death of number six. Yeah, number, number six happens to be um, Ben. They call him Ben. So Ben actually died at the process of, I think when they went on a particular mission, then Ben died. And this man actually came back when they were, when they were doing the burial and he was actually like lambasting the kids. Like, you you guys actually caused the death of number six. I mean, you, you don't want to hear the way he, he speaks. In the time of this peril, you all have caused the death of number six, and you shall not recall. Uh, I don't know what I used to say. <laughs> Let me just get that. Probably in another next video on um, Umbrella Academy, I'm going to try look their voice. I'll try to practice very well by then. It's actually a fantasy series and a lot of comic comic in it. Like I mean, it's very very comical because. You know, but me myself, I'm going to like put that. It's kind of dramatic at the same time on the long run because there are lots of drama that actually. <laughs> that actually moves around in the in the uh, in the um, storyline itself, and which is actually very important. Now, uh, to make you even understand even more, the story was just actually really basing on the fact that there were these kids, and they were. They, they, it talks about. It talks more about the timelines in the world. I mean, the 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 the, the way the way this current timeline is existing and another timeline is actually existing somewhere else and we're actually like are the characters that are actually playing in that kind of places also i mean the ground that we are not only existing in our own timeline but we also existing in other timelines probably our future self and our past self so this is what this movie is actually really talking about because you kind of start seeing that okay the world is actually kind of building what we can't even understand and number six is not actually like uh ben number six is not actually a character that we can actually touch or hold but he plays the larger part of the movie also because he kind of have this connection with close he talks to close almost every time they kind of talk they do things together it's not like they do things together per se but you know because close has this um evocation power his evocation power actually makes him see Ben almost every every time. You, they they do see each other every time because I can kind of communicate with the dead people easily. So his dead brother Ben can actually like communicate with him so good. And Ben's power. Let me start from Ben. Ben's power is oral. He can actually like spill out things from his body and actually like long and even for Fantastic Four, you can actually see that one that uses long and stretchy kind of. So Fantastic Four, then days, you know. So that kind of that's what I see when I see Ben, um, Ben's supernatural power. Luther, Luther has super strength. I actually don't know the sequence that the numbers follow and their name, but I actually know all their names. I mean, number five, number five. Okay, before I talk about number five, let me talk about Vaya. Vaya's power is sound absorption. 
Vaya can actually just hear things, little things, and actually convert it to a large energy to destroy things. Actually, she was one of those things. She was one of she is main the main person that actually caused the uh, the cosmic effect of what happened in um, in season one ending when the world goes poof and everything actually disappears. Before number five, who, who happens to be the someone who teleports almost every time, actually teleports all of them into a new year or into I think he teleported them into past because it was actually like in 2019 it was in 2019 that this the act they kind of shaped the movie to be was it 2019 or 2018 I think it was 2019 so kind of shoot back to the past so that um, so that he can actually get saved for everything in the world then actually go out in that 2019 the act that the we actually saw this is in one in so um, the other thing that we talk about, I've talked talk about Luther, I've talked about um, Vanya, sound absorption, Luther, um, super human strength. I've talked about, um, I've talked about Niklaus, Niklaus have a vocation, and I've talked about K- um, Ben as someone with the power of horror. I mean, I, I even make an example, giving uh, Fantastic Four as one of the example, and um, trajectory, trajectory um, manipulations. Trajectory manipulation is that of um, Diego. Diego can actually just manipulate a particular object, throw it or flip it in a direction, and it moves so fast. It throws knife and all of that. So that's what it does. But um, the lady that we later met in um, season two, um, who happens to later be his girlfriend, um, her name is, her name is, her name is, Lila. Her name is Lila. Lila actually mocks him because he believes, uh, she believes. His power is kind of ridiculous. I mean, who has when you when your own siblings are sound absorption, superhuman strength, um, mind manipulation, mind manipulation. That's Alison. Mind manipulation and all of that. Only you as objective transaction. Uh, tra- I mean, who does that? Just throw knives and all of that. Doesn't really make no sense. But actually, like it is the superhuman strength. And uh, the next person I'm going to talk about is Alison. Alison can actually manipulate your mind, and you kind of hear something like. I have a dream. Did I just say I have a dream? Oh, sorry. That's Martin Luther King. No, this is not 1963. I mean, this is 2019. Sorry, no. Uh, Not I have a dream. Like, I mean, that's not what she she said. That's not what she said. She used to say, um, I had a rumor. I had a rumor. I had a rumor. I had a rumor. Yes. So I actually got that right. So whenever she says I had a rumor, she's kind of manipulating your mind. And then she says after I had a rumor. Then you kind of start seeing it, they kind of start doing it. I mean, it's just mind manipulation and all of that. Although some of the siblings actually get to buy it, but no natural persons on it, like no natural persons in the world can actually get to buy it as fast as because there was a time in season three that he did add rumor to for um again um he did it to Luther, but it couldn't work because Luther actually kind of get over it. I think they kind of know how to control their mind over time. Now, the next thing we should talk about is the actions that you're going to like be expecting to get in the movie. Now, in the movie, you kind of uh, realize that um, you'd like the way Sarah Ginagos talks. I mean, he's a British man and he's a British man acting in this American movie and it's kind of very, very funny because he kind of look old. I mean, some kind of man that comes from Knockfordshire, I mean, Liverpool. I don't even know where he actually comes from because I can't even relate to the accent. The accent is kind of actually very mad. And you kind of, you kind of wear a monoco, monoco, monoco. Yes, that's what they call it, monoco. M O N O C L E, monoco. 
come on it's those lens those kind of lens so now whenever he's talking like that kind of it's way way funny i mean who does what he does this man is actually very funny and that's all about him like it's not it's not like he's actually funny it's most timely serious it's very very serious whenever he's talking and he used to cause his kids pain you kind of love the way he talks you kind of you kids you cannot do it like that. You kids have to abide by my rules. My rules is not just to take you on the long run. And I did it badly, boy. Don't worry. In the next video, I'm going to like do it very, very alright. Now the thing is, you kind of like this man very well, and he's a total bonker. Saragina Agrips, um, Saragina Agrips, um, where he used to cause his kids pain. I mean, this is one of the reasons why the movie is actually very interesting because I remember, I could remember in season 3 when, when this man actually tried to like read a, read a dead poem and it, it was a dead poem, he acted like a poet, I mean, with his British, whatever, I mean, he was reading the poem to the kids and they, they were like, he never said a good thing, like, whoever talks to him to actually be like that, was actually like another thing. It was actually Nicholas that was actually talking to him then because the Sparrow Academy that we later got that we are going to later get to realize that he exists in another timeline in season three. And we got to realize in season three that this man is an alien on the long run. Oh, oh, oh my days. Oh my days, you've not seen season three. No, kind of what are you waiting for? Go and see. We're waiting for season four already, so Oh, for the new persons that I just want to start starting, don't worry, you're going to really love it. Just kind of try to like forget everything I say, then start watching it. Because that's what I do, like whenever I get a review from someone or something, like uh, kind of trying to forget it, then I start all over again so that I can actually just remember anything. Now you like Nicholas' attitude. Now Nicholas is a very, very stupid person. Like according to his character in the in the movie, he's a total punk cast. I mean I, I can't really say this album cast because he kind of is kind of a loving character that it's kind of a loving character that you probably wouldn't like at first but on the long run you kind of start seeing that you kind of develop a likeness for Nicholas. Nicholas is a gay in the movie and it's over time that I started liking him because when they started the movie I was like who's this shit oh come on move out of this place like on the long run I felt and I kind of start finding it difficult to not see Klaus in a particular episode and feel better no because it's just, it's just Nicklaus. Nicklaus is just being Nicklaus. I mean, I said Nicklaus. I mean, close. No, not Nicklaus in or, um, originals. They don't even have the same attitude. Okay, talk about Nicklaus in originals. I mean, they, they, they kind of have like this opposing, opposing notions. I mean, opposing way of life. Because that kind of style, particular Nicklaus is, 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 is wicked, saucy, is stringent, a lot of that, protective. But this particular Nicholas is vulnerable. This and this clause that we're talking about in, in Umbrella Academy is vulnerable, is, is, is not totally manly, and so on and so forth. That or you kind of reckon with him over time and you start liking him. So, um, who again? Okay, Alison, 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 Alison is just too saucy. I mean, Alison is being Alison, she's an actor because people used to like her, kind of hide under that as a pretext for doing something bad because people like her then she used that pretext to do something bad i mean alison is alison alison is actually very cool and sweet to be with she's the only sister because the vanya that was the second sister to the umbrella of the umbrella academy later actually became victor in season three because he actually transgendered and become a guy now named victor 
So that was that's about that about Victor, Victor John, the guys, and the only person that we can actually refer to as their sister in season in season uh, three. In season three was just only Allison. I should not forget, I should not forget five. I mean five is a total forecast. His power is teleportation, you can actually teleport from a particular place to another. Actually, you can actually time travel and all of that. But in season three, they actually brought another person called Lila. Lila too has Lila actually has Lila is one of them that actually has like their power. But something about Lila is that Lila kind of you know Lila kind of mimic people's power. If you tr- if you throw something, if Lila could actually see that, then it could actually mimic that. If you blow up a particular place, Lila can actually do that. If you kind of send a send a sound sound um, absorption energy to a particular place Lila can see it and absorb it just like he did in a particular episode where the mother asked him to in season 3 I think that was in season 3 or season 2 that was in season 3 before all of them died and they come back again with the help of number 5 so number 5 has actually been a particular um, a particular character to reckon with in, throughout the movie something about um, him is that he once stayed in post-apocalypse then and he was the only one and he has a particular um manic like a manicure that he used to embrace so much and that's the only thing that actually kept him going he actually liked the manicure so well that i remember a particular past that um what's his name um number one number one luther wants to throw the manic wants to throw the manicure outside the window then he kind of was scared no 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 don't do this and i could remember it's season three when a particular lady part of the sparrow academy spat on his face and it kind of make him start losing his mind then the first thing he could actually like um remember or probably fathom in his mind was the image of the manic so we kind of see that post-apocalypse then actually turn him making him run mad and losing his mind and so much like the manic because it was that was the only thing that kept him going throughout the post-apocalypse i mean so and alison and luther actually fall in love at a point in their life even when since when they were kids but they kind of actually projected to because their father must not see them. I could remember the particular there was a particular time that Alison even make a tent. Okay, um, Luther make a tent for Alison so that they can actually just celebrate one thing like that. So they, they could be happy and be together in their own privacy. But their father actually bust them up and he shouts on them and you know they kind of obey him and they couldn't do that again they couldn't even come close to each other again for a while it's because it's kind of interesting but please what i would just tell you is that please try your possible best to actually see the episode one and episode two because every season that you just start is kind of always boring from the beginning i mean no one knows that pity blinders is going to turn out to be that but can you see what you actually turn out to be now we are actually just even waiting for i could remember i was crying when um i was crying when um when um Atipoli, when she died in real life i'm happy to her and i shall see you around whenever i want to do the mimicking um part because i intend on mimicking most like it's not most probably like five characters in the movie mimic them i will lend their voice because i kind of feel like i have the skill to mimic people i mean so i'm going to try to like mimic their sounds and try it are you just a new person coming around you should do well to click the subscribe button and we'd really like you to do so thank you very much and do subscribe to this youtube channel i shall see you around next time